All right, welcome to episode number three of Fueling Success, an athlete story, where we talk with Division I and professional athletes about their stories and what they did to get to that level. Our guest today is Mackenzie Steele, a sophomore on the women's track and cross-country team at Clemson University. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, so tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So my name is Mackenzie, as Derek said, and I'm currently a sophomore and I do, I'm studying finance at Clemson and I started running my junior year of high school beforehand, I did soccer. And so playing a sport in college never really crossed my mind, but like my training partners at high school, they started looking at colleges. So then I was like, ah, maybe I can too. And so then one thing led to another, and now I'm here today, so really excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, again, thank you for coming on. Um, so I know we, we did an Instagram Live a few months ago, and that went really well. It was obviously a, a really interesting story. I remember talking about how you yeah you played soccer up until, what did you say, junior year of high school, right? And then switched over across country, and I found that really fascinating. So um, actually, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Like, what made you decide to make that change and obviously how you progress so quickly with it. Um, I think so. I was a center mid whenever I did play soccer. So I think that kind of helped like, oh, big time <laughs> all, the all the time. So that definitely was a factor, but I did travel soccer and school soccer. And that year I decided I didn't really want to do travel soccer anymore. So I was like, I'll just do cross country to stay in shape for soccer in the spring. I feel like that's how it all starts with everyone. Yep. Um, and so then we ended up like winning states that cross country season. It was like the first time our school ever, like the girls team ever won states. And I was a fifth runner and I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I guess I'll start track. And so I did indoor track. That was a bunch of fun. And then COVID happened. So school, the spring soccer ended up getting canceled. Right. But then that's, I just enjoyed running a lot more and I just, enjoyed going to practice i always looked forward to going to practice and okay yeah it was just it was kind of i don't want to say it was an easy decision because i've been playing soccer since i was in i think kindergarten so it was hard but i'm glad i made the switch it's crazy how like how much has gone on like since covid started because i think like you know i'm a grown adult so like i've just had my business and it's grown over the three years of covid but for someone like you who's so young when this started you were a high school soccer player when covid started and now you're a sophomore on a D1 cross country team with an amazing following on Instagram, a new deal with Under Armour. Like it's crazy how much has gone on in the last three years for you. Um, yeah. It's just crazy to think about that. But no, that's uh, that's really cool because um, yeah, I'm not the only person actually that I know that's uh, played soccer and then uh, gone on to play a uh, run D1 cross country. Actually, we have someone coming on in a few weeks that had the same story, except she actually went to college for soccer and then switched to cross country. So it's, it's interesting. And so you're basically saying like, yeah, you just kind of fell in love with running, right? Yeah. It was just a lot of fun. And especially the running community. Yeah. I just had no idea how, I don't want to say cult, but like <laughs> it's, you don't really understand running until you're in it. And it's just, it's really fun. I can attest so. to that because yeah, I, a couple months ago, right. I made the decision that I'm going to become a runner and I hated running all my life. And then all of a sudden it, I just loved it. And there was very little, uh, time in the middle, like the yeah. you know, progression. Right. And just fell in love with running. And I'm like, Hey, let's, let's do half marathon this year. And, um, I, I had a good idea about the running community just because a lot of my followers and a lot of my clients are runners. So I'm like, 
you guys are just different than all other athletes. Um, not just the way you work out, but literally your personalities and just the way you are as people. Um, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just a great community. And when I made my post saying I'm going to start running, um, no, got a lot of love, got a lot of uh, positive comments, and I got a lot of help when I was talking about things like the running shoes and things like that. And just, yeah, I, I could see why yeah, you love that change because it's just incredible like the tight-knit community um and every community is like that right like the fitness community is tight and, and all that but i feel like there's a lot more judgment in the fitness community and there's a lot more ego and competition of like oh i can look heavier than you or i look bigger than you but there's not in the running community it's not oh you only run a, a nine minute mile or you only run a 10 minute mile it's no you're running and mm -hmm. hey you're a runner with me um i think that's pretty awesome so that's definitely interesting. And you talk about how you played soccer, you know, obviously growing up. Did you play any other sports as well? No, I was a full soccer player. So okay. that's what was kind of crazy. I was like, all right, I'm going to try running. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you were committed to soccer playing your round. Like, was your goal to play D1 soccer? No, okay. I never thought about playing a college sport. I wasn't that good at soccer. So I think that also kind of contributed because I was like better at running than I was at soccer. So that was definitely a factor, I guess. But yeah, playing a sport in college like never crossed my mind. That's so unreal. It was so crazy when it happened. So. That's unreal. Because <laughs> we have all these different stories and we have, you know, I've talked about how all these athletes are getting recruited like freshman, sophomore year, high school. Like that's when you have to start with all these showcases. And even I have clients that are starting in eighth grade with like AAU tournaments and baseball showcases. Um, and like they decide at that moment and you're heading into junior year of high school, never thinking about playing a college sport. And then, you know, two years later you're on campus yeah. at power five school. So <laughs> it, it just yeah. goes to show everyone listening out there, right? It's great to start young and, and, and try to get your name out there early. But if you're heading into junior, or even senior year of high school, and you don't have any offers yet, you haven't contacted coaches yet, don't worry. Cause look what can happen, right? It, it can happen in the blink of an eye. Even, I didn't even like commit, I guess. I mean, I'm a walk-on, so it's a little bit different Still, with that though. stuff. But, like, once you're here, like everyone's the same. And it's fun talking with my other teammates and seeing how they got to, because we're all at the same spot now. Yeah. And seeing how they got here. And I tell that a lot to a lot of young girls. I think I can see the demographics. And it's a lot of generally high school girls that follow my account. And I'll get messages like, what were your times freshman year of high school? I'm like, I didn't even run. Yeah. I was like, really, like, just don't worry about it. It's, it'll all fall into place. I mean, I didn't commit. I think it was like May, my senior year. So I was mm. kind of more in the late end, but yeah, it really, it'll all come into place. So mm. I tell people not to stress about times and just focus on competing for your high school in that moment. Cause once you start throwing in like, Oh, I need to get this time. Yeah. I need to run this event and it's just stresses you out. So for sure. So are you a walk on or preferred walk on? Uh, what's the difference? So, all right. Yeah, good, good question. Uh, so preferred <laughs> walk on is basically like in high school, the Clemson coach contacting you and be like, hey, I want you to run here, but we can't give you a scholarship. Whereas walk-on is you get to campus and then you try out for the team. Oh, uh, okay. I guess I'm preferred because we were emailing back and forth. Right, you were recruited. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's better way to put it is preferred walk-on is recruited, but they didn't have a spot to give you a scholarship or anything like that. Um, but yeah, whereas like walk-on is like an open tryout. Like, hey, 
going here. So like you decided Clemson and you knew you're gonna be a runner there. Um, so yeah, yeah, I like got applied and got into a school and then whenever I like I emailed the coach, I was like, All right, I'm coming to Clemson. Oh, okay. I'm on the team or not. And she was like, Okay, you can have the walk on spot and I was like, sweet. Got it. Okay. So definitely definitely an interesting story. And again, there's you know, with recruiting, especially if, for those who don't know a ton about it, it you know, the the stereotype is that, yeah, you're going to go to these tournaments and coaches are going to reach out to you or you have to email coaches and send them your film and you have to get recruited at that school and then you go. And that's how most of it works, especially in the bigger sports, but that's not the only way. And if you're committed to play a sport in college, there's many ways to go about it. Never give up because, you know, it's you could literally apply to the school academically and then decide, hey, I'm going, I'm going to be an athlete here. And it just works out, which is... It was pretty good. Um, and obviously, you know, starting that running at a late time in high school, you picked up, picked it up quickly. You got your name out there quickly. What do you think maybe as a, especially as a junior in high school, is there anything you did nutritionally that helped you like stand out or maybe helped, helped you really increase your performance in high school or anything in college that you've noticed you've done? Um, during high school, I feel like in the beginning, I didn't really over or like think about nutrition a lot because I was just doing it for fun. Mm -hmm. But once that following spring is whenever like COVID happened, so everything was canceled. And that's kind of when I started picking up mileage and stuff. And I think especially with running, you just like do not realize how much snacks you need <laughs> or just like how much more food you need on your plate and so i think towards the end of quarantine is kind of when i started my food account and i didn't realize how many other running food accounts there was out there i thought i was being so unique <laughs> there's yeah. a bunch but then i started following these other accounts and, was, and they were speaking about these things of like certain foods and needing like don't be afraid to eat this many carbs and stuff. Cause that's all you've been told is like, Oh, carbs are bad, but like, you just got to keep on loading up your plate. And I feel like once I paid more attention to nutrition and just like making sure I'm eating a lot is I guess when I was able to continue progressing instead of just kind of staying at the same spot in high school. Mm -hmm. No, that's obviously very insightful and actually a good question for you with between your presence on social media and then I know you, I know obviously you follow my account I know you follow other sports dietitians do you have any advice for your runners out there on how to navigate the nutrition information on social media because there's obviously a lot of information out there some good some bad and even a lot of the good information isn't going to be good for athletes so what advice do you have on just navigating through that as a young athlete I guess I would say to take everything with a grain of salt that you see on social media, because what works for me is something that is totally different from what my teammates do and it's best for them. And so I guess take what you see on social media, whatever platform it is more as like inspiration instead of like a cold heart, you need to do this and eat this much and whatever they're saying, just kind of, I try to, if I do like a what I eat in a day video, I try to be like, this is what I like to do as ideas for snacks, meals, but in this combination, like this is what works for me. Yeah. But I'm not saying that you should do like these exact meals and you're going to like 
do the same whatever yeah. as I do. Not, so, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good advice because I see a lot of what I eat in the day videos and I'm not a big fan of them. I know a lot of other dietitians aren't either because, you know, for a young viewer, they look at them and be like, oh, I want to look like this person or I want to run like that person. So I need to eat like that. And I've had clients actually that before working with me, they – they're like, oh, I eat 6,000 calories a day. I'm like, you don't need that many calories. But it's because they saw this 220-pound bodybuilder, and that's how they yeah. were eating. So they thought that's how to eat. And it ends up hurting your performance or hurts your goals because it it's not how you need to eat. And like I said, it, it's what works for you. And I love that you put that disclaimer in there because I can see when you're young and if you're not sure what to do or you're really desperate for results, you'll follow what you see, you know, what looks good or what a really good athlete is doing and it can get dangerous and that's why you know i'm hesitant to even make those videos on my own like i don't want people to eat like me because i'm not working out as much as a lot of elite athletes so like i don't want you to underfuel or anything like that and yeah it can get tricky because it's it's valuable but it can also be harmful so it's all about sorting through that information i guess so yeah mm-hmm. I know I've asked before, like on my stories, I've tried to do the poll thing to be like, all right, do you guys like these videos or not? Because I get a, like some mixed opinions. Some people right. are like, oh, I don't really think those are a great thing to do. But then the majority of the time, because I would consider myself a very snacky person. Yeah, I think I've people- seen that, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've had a lot of people because I stopped posting them for a while just because I wasn't sure. And then I like asked the question. They were like, oh, my gosh, you're I used to love your videos. They would help me so much, especially like during recovering from my eating disorder. Like I really look up to your videos. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that makes me feel better. So I've kind of started making them again. And it's kind of fun. So Mm -hmm. because it forces me to like actually make a better meal sometimes because not everything you see on social media is my everyday. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's very, I can tell that. And it's very transparent. Like even the way you wake up or you're like, hey, this is where I'm wearing a class and this is my schedule today. Like it's very influencer, like, but like in a good way, right? Influencers get a bad rap, but like the way you do it is very, because you have a a niche. I feel like not, not to call anyone out, but like, I feel like a lot of influencers be like, oh, hey, here's my day. Like here's my workout class or this is what I'm eating. And it's just, it's very standard, right? And it's, you know, maybe a typical day, but high lifestyle. Whereas yours is very unique and very niche and it's valuable because be like, this is what it's like to be a student athlete. You're actually, that's one of the things I did want to ask, you know, so we can roll right into that. What does a typical day look like for you as a D1 runner? Um, so it depends on what our practice time is, but I'll just go through today. Um, yeah, that's the thing. No day, no two days are ever the yeah. same, which is even yeah. crazier and even more difficult. Yeah. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like on a typical week without a meet is usually our workout days. But like today we did not have a workout, but usually Mondays, um, our practice starts at 7am and we'll have, um, our track workout. And then that lasts anywhere like two-ish hours by the time we like warm up cool down and stuff and then 9 30 is whenever we have like weights after and so we run up to the locker room change have weights from 9 30 10 30 and then my class i have one at 11 15 and then i have another one at 12 20 and so i go straight from weights like shower have another little snack 
go to class, go straight to my next class. It's like a 15 minute window. Jeez. And then at 110, I'm done with like classes and practice and stuff. So then I can do things like this, do homework, there you maybe go. go to the library, maybe come back and take a nap. Yeah, it's, it's hectic. <laughs> it's crazy. And I mean, I, I just admire all you D1 athletes because it's just, I don't know how you do it all. And I thought I was busy in college because, you know, I had a hard major, it was very busy, but I wasn't, you know, doing sports. I didn't work out as regularly as I'd like to because I thought I didn't have time. And obviously now I'm seeing it, it was just very poor time management. I was getting distracted by other things. But like, you're going to class full time, right? You're working out as an athlete. And then you're essentially working on top of that because all the stuff you do on social media, whether even it's just sharing your own story. Um, I know you have a lot of brand deals as well, which people just see like, oh, you're just posting a story, but there's a lot more work behind oh, doing those brand deals. It's the, the emailing back and forth. Like I do it probably not as frequently as you do, but like just the emailing back and forth is so hectic and, and takes up so much time. And it, it's just incredible how you're able to balance all that. And um, I talked about this on another episode. I feel like one reason a lot of athletes basically fail and maybe don't make it to as high of a level as they could is because of either maturity or time management and they just, they can't handle it all. So what tips do you have to, for any young athletes out there that, you know, to help them with time management and get everything in so they don't fail like other athletes have? Well, thank you. I honestly don't know how I do it either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, my biggest thing is my, I talk about it all the time, like just the notes app on my phone. Okay. Like I have everything on my notes app. If it's not on my notes, like I'm not, it's not happening. So okay. I like to have one note that has like every day of the week and I put everything down. Um, so that helps a ton, just writing things out, whether that be in an agenda or whatever you prefer. Um, that's definitely my biggest thing. Um, sadly, I hate to say it, but I'm a big procrastinator, but on the <laughs> times when I don't procrastinate, it makes me feel so much better. Just like, especially like using any free time you have, even if it's just like 20 minutes, try to like knock out an assignment or send an email or whatever. So, um, yeah, any free time moments, use that to cross things off your list and, you'll get it done eventually <laughs> no, that's good and sometimes it's like when you're so busy it's at least i found this like when you're so busy it's actually easier to get everything done because you know you don't have time to waste yeah. right like you know you can't just scroll for an hour on social media unless you plan for that um yeah so that, that obviously helps as well and i mean do you ever find that like because since you're posting so much on social media do you ever find like oh you posted a story and then you're just kind of mindlessly scrolling through your feed or, or are you disciplined with that yeah, I try to create more than consume, but um, yeah. I definitely fall in the trap of scrolling too frequently than I like to admit, but no. I feel like we all do. So. I'm the same way, I'm the same way. And especially, you know, because with TikTok, it's like you have to, you can't close out the app until your video is done uploading. So you're basically oh, forced yeah. to scroll through <laughs> the feed until a video uploads and then you realize, oh, wow, my video uploaded five minutes ago. What am I doing yeah. here? Um, and so good. Like, same with Instagram reels. Like, you know, when you try to find the trending sound, I'm like, oh, I got to scroll through the reels to find these sounds. And <laughs> uh, so I, I only, I don't do the sounds on reels. Cause, um, oh. cause that's, cause I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as good 
with the influencer stuff. But yeah, my uh, I, all my posts are scheduled because it's just this way I can stay consistent with it. Um, and I just kind of reuse like the videos from TikTok, so it's all scheduled through later.com. So like, um, so I don't do the trending audios, which maybe I should start doing that. Maybe that'll help. But um, it saves a bunch of time scheduling the posts out for sure. Um, Mine needs to train up. Instagram, yeah. I think, like recently did that for reels. Yeah, you, um, since the summer, I started. I think I started doing it over the summer, um, or I was using Buffer for that as well. I was because I was using kind of both at the same time. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's been recent, and you can also schedule TikToks now too with later. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that, wow. it's Pretty it's a game changer <laughs> it is a game changer yeah i think i have like the minimum paid version so it's like i get like 60 posts a month on each platform i don't know how, i forgot what the free version was it might be like 20 or 30 um but yeah no it's it's a saver for sure um cool cool all right so we kind of touched on this already but you know just anything else like is there any non-nutrition piece of advice that you would give to any athletes out there or anything you'd like to pass on um, I feel like, mm, I guess my best non-nutrition is to not worry about little things, like don't stress about or overthink things, even like you can relate that to nutrition and sports, but I feel like you can apply that to all areas because I'm definitely a stressor and I'm like, don't worry about it till it happens and everything will be fine. And yeah, I think that's. No. my top thing um but then also like it's so cliche but time really does fly and so try to like be present don't go on your phone when you're with your friends like enjoy those that's good yeah. little outings with your friends like just say yes to fun things like going getting ice cream or just going on a walk and like really try to enjoy those old times because like we're like this weekend is our last indoor meet and i'm like holy mm. cow like we're already at spring track it's yeah. coming up and it's just crazy because i feel like summer just ended so like yeah be present enjoy the little stuff and yeah, it goes by quick for sure don't worry about little things <laughs> yeah no that's, that's good and, um especially with obviously not worrying about little things is big and that can be for life it could be for sports um mm. so with that said like is there any valuable lesson that your sport has taught you about life in general that you'd like to share um i think uh, people say this all the time in running but enjoy the process things will not happen overnight like you're not gonna well i mean i guess you could but it's a really rare occurrence if you just shave off a minute pr or something um so just enjoy like going to practice and be patient is a big thing that I even have to tell myself still, even if workouts are going well, I think it's actually the work with running. When you do a workout, you don't actually get the benefits aerobically. I could totally be wrong. So don't quote me on this, but I think you don't get the benefits until like two weeks later. It takes, I, it builds up over time. Yeah. Like you're not going to, yeah. One workout's not going to make you automatically yeah. better. Um, and that's actually really important because the opposite is true as well. If you miss a workout or if you miss even three or four days of workouts, you're not you're not going to drastically drop in performance. And a lot of athletes are afraid to even take an off day each week. They're like, oh, if I do nothing today, I'm getting worse. No, you're actually getting better with that off day. That's another story. But yeah, like if you're sick, if you're injured or you're just extra tired, right? Don't, don't worry about missing a workout. Even a few days, right? You're not going to be a worse athlete. 
Yeah, if you miss like four or five days, it might take a couple days to get back in the groove, but you're not, you didn't lose a ton of progress over those five days. And yeah. that's, no, that's key for sure. Um, and there's a... I think I definitely learned that in high school as well. Oh. Yeah. It was glitching. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. Um, no, definitely, yeah, learning that, learning that over high school is good, but... I think and as a runner and even just any high level athlete, one thing I always say is like, if you don't give your body a break, your body will force you to take a break. Um, and have, I mean, have you experienced that at all with like overtraining and not knowing when to stop or are you pretty good at listening to your body? Yeah, I guess I'd say I'm pretty good. Okay. I've never that's really good. had a big injury. So that's I guess fortunate. That's yeah. That uh, would say if you're pushing yourself too hard. So Sleep is definitely very important in that aspect. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love, uh, I guess I'm a night person, I would say, but I do like my mornings when I get to sleep in. So okay. that's big. Good, good. That's actually going to be one of my questions later. Um, so, but actually, uh, so another good question I have now for you, um, this obviously comes as a runner, a female athlete, and an influencer who posts about food a lot. Have you ever had someone comment on the way you eat like obviously like negative comments and if so how did you respond i feel like i've been very fortunate not to receive many hate comments uh i really can't the meanest thing i can think that someone has said to me is that i was doing a food video and i was like breaking something apart and my nails weren't done and someone said you should do your get oh. your nails fixed or something i was like all right that's not bad yeah <laughs> but um that's only online i feel like in person, I haven't really had anything awful. The only thing that really comes to mind is I'm the only runner in my family. Mm -hmm. And so I guess on family vacations, like in the summer, uh, especially in the summer is when we're doing more high mileage. And so extra snacky and people like sometimes my family members, like not in a rude way, but they'll be like more snacks or like, more you're going back for seconds or she's always eating or something like that yeah and i'm just like yeah i'm a hungry girl and i just kind of smile and okay that's good yeah. so you don't let it get to you or you haven't let it get to you yeah just okay. kind of embrace it and be like yeah okay i like i like eating no all right no that's really good and i think that's a really positive message because i've, I've had several clients like bring this up to me and i'm sure there's even more people listening that have dealt with this as far as you know, going out to eat or eating snacks and, you know, someone will be like, wow, I can't believe you're eating that. Or, I can't believe you're eating that much. And it's deterred people from eating the full portion or having that extra snack. And I always tell them, you're an elite level athlete. You're very unique compared to the average person. You do need to be eating a lot. And I actually, I would say as, you know, sometimes they, they feel it as a hurtful comment, but I say, take it as a compliment. Take it as yeah, you're eating a lot because you need to be eating a lot. It's a good thing. Like if someone's not commenting on the way you eat or if the way you eat doesn't stand out to the rest of your family, that's when you're doing something wrong. So yeah, so the fact that like, wow, you're always snacking or wow, you're eating a lot. No, that means you're doing the right thing. And I think, so what you said, I think is a very powerful message. And I think more athletes need to recognize that for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, okay. I just say embrace it. <laughs> good, good. All right, cool. So uh, we'll wrap up in a few minutes. Just got to do the um, the standard uh, rapid fire and then the uh, ending question that we mentioned earlier. Um, so first we'll go with some rapid fire. So chocolate or vanilla? 
Chocolate. Okay. And you kind of answered this one before, but morning or night person? Night person. Okay. I wish I was morning. Yeah. I was, yeah. So er, <laughs> most athletes are morning people. And I feel like, because I'm like, I feel like you have to be a morning person. Um, but you, you, you push through yeah. it. <laughs> and all right, this one, this won't be interesting as a runner though, but would you rather have a race in the extreme heat, like 80 or 90 degree or like extreme cold 30 to 40 degrees? Uh, I guess I would say cold. Okay. When it's hot, you just miserable and sweat is dripping and everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just with cold, you usually warm up. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That one I felt like was going to be interesting as a runner because one, you have indoor track season versus outdoor track season. Um, so they do kind of take care of the elements there, but yeah, it's different because you can't, I mean, you can't really bundle up when you're running and it's, you know, in other sports you could like wear long sleeves and then, you know, take them off at halftime or something, but you don't, you don't have a halftime. You can't, you can maybe take a jacket off, but not really during a race. So I thought that was, some people will start with gloves and then they'll get like really cheap dollar gloves or something and they'll just like throw them off in the middle of the race. Okay, that's, that, that's an interesting I can one. Think of, but once you get my work, it's usually fine. Yeah, I, I so I learned that right when I did a 5K last year on Thanksgiving, and it was like in the 30s, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be so cold, so I wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt and hat and gloves, and like a mile in, I'm like, this was a mistake. I'm trying to roll up my pants, take off my sweatshirt. So this year when we did the turkey trot, I'm like, nope, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt and shorts. I don't care. I'm gonna do that. It was 32, 33 degrees. So we get there 30, 40 minutes before it, and I'm cold. I'm, like, so cold standing there. I'm like, ugh, should I have done this? I had a hat and gloves, but, like, ugh, I'm so cold. Then we started running about a mile, and I'm like, nope, this is the right decision. Like, I remember from last year, yeah, because even now, like, I can't, even when it's in the 30s now, I just can't run in pants. Or, and the sweatshirt is even hard to sometimes. It's just, yeah, it can get, it can get difficult. Um, but, no, one mistake I've made was, like, taking my gloves off because I get hot, and then my hands get cold. That's the worst. You can't put them back on because your hands are so cold. Because no, the gloves are wet from the sweat. Oh, yes, yeah, so you're God. putting your cold yeah. hands into wet gloves, and that's the mistake. So any runners out there, any athlete out there, if it's cold, keep the gloves on the whole time because um, if you take them off, you're not going to put them back on. So exactly. Cool. Um, awesome. All right, so you've obviously given a lot of great information, um, but, again, as a foodie, as a D1 athlete, this is a big question. What is your go-to pre-race meal? It's kind of basic, but I'm a big oatmeal person. So oatmeal with banana and peanut butter and usually like some type of crunch. So like walnuts or maybe in some granola, pumpkin seeds, something like that. Okay. Honey drizzle, cinnamon. It works every time. So Hey, it works. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't call that too basic. You got a lot of good stuff in there. Um, and oatmeal is great, especially if you have a few hours to digest it because it's slow reducing carbs. Um, oatmeal is actually, they found it is actually a really good pre-race meal to do. So, so yeah. of, course, of course you pick the perfect food. Um, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you, I knew you'd have a lot of valuable insight to share with everyone. Um, is there anything else that you want to add or say about yourself that uh, anyone would like to hear? Um. No, I think we kind of covered all the bases. Thanks for letting me come on. Of course. I've been following your account since I was back 
in high school. So your tips have helped me a bunch. Of so course. And you so. and you've helped my account so much, as I, I've told you before, right? Every time you share my post or your story, um, I'm like, I get like 20, 30, 40 followers in a day. Oh, um, cool. And it's like, so like actually every time I see, I'll check my follower count. And I'm like, wow, I jumped up a lot today. I'll check my no- notifications. I'm like, yep, Mackenzie shared my post. Oh. <laughs> so um, I'll like screenshot. I'm like, oh, I need to repost this one later. Yeah. It's just so. Well, no, I appreciate that a lot. Um, and speaking of that, your account obviously is so great. It, I think it's a very valuable resource for a lot of runners and really any athlete out there. So if you just want to kind of share your uh, Instagram and TikTok handles so people can follow you. It's at Good Food Good Run for everything. Yeah, pretty pretty simple. I'll put it in the description of the episodes here so you guys can easily uh, copy and paste that into it. Um, but again, thank you, Mackenzie, for coming on the episode. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too.